Well, a very good morning to you. It's 20 to 9. This is Money Talk uh, with James Ross. And in your money today, we're taking a look at Hong Kong's unique position as a hub for family offices. Caroline, Caroline Wright is here. Good morning, Caroline. Good morning. With the Wealth for Good Summit, which aims to demonstrate Hong Kong's role as a hub for family offices happening today, we're going to take a dive into the family office landscape here. I'm joined by an expert in the field. She is Angel Cha. Chair of the Family Office Association of Hong Kong. Thank you for joining me, Angel. My pleasure. Now, let's start at the beginning. What are family offices and why might investors need one? A family office, in my opinion, is a unit. It could look like a contract, a a trust, a company, a team of people, or even just a process um, that is organized to serve the needs of a wealthy family. Um, That is, aside from the family's operating business, if it still has one, or aside from any of its individual members' personal disposition, including investments. As to why um, anyone should need a family office, um, there are a couple of reasons. First of all, it is independent. So um, I've already sort of mentioned it's independent from the family. It is independent from the individual members within the family. Um, It is transcendent. What I mean by that is it transcends time. Um, So people talk about sort of the family heritage um, that it wanted to, um, the family members actually have some goal that it wants to pass down towards the future generation. It actually also transcends any private purposes. Um, So, you know, this is where we talk about philanthropy, for example, or any sort of foundation, um, particular passions or causes that the family, uh, usually the original sort of matriarch, patriarch, Um, or even just the collective of the family members as it sort of looked within uh, what it cares about, its culture, its vision, you know, it it wants to get behind something um, uh, altruistically or above and beyond beyond its family, then it transcends um, uh, all the individual uh, limited purposes. It is most importantly then professional uh, because it cannot be carried out or it's not reliant on the family's own internal resources um, the things that pertains to investments of the family wealth naturally, um, or it's tax planning or legal arrangement, um, even things like education that um, by now sort of um, um, is increasing in, a, in importance actually to the families. We hear a lot about technological developments in finance, but I, I get the feeling that personalised advice and personal touch is a lot more important than it ever has been to be able to to trust an, an expert to look after these kind of matters. Absolutely. I would say there are a couple of things that um, propels the importance of personalization. And the first thing in this case is the mobility of people. Um, it might sound weird to you. It's like, you know, what does that to do with personalization? Um, I would say the ability of people actually allows for, let's say, you know, again, from a large wealthy family's perspective, um, then immediately that means um, the different members within the family actually is exposed to a lot more complicated um, situations, personal situations like citizenships and therefore tax residency, um, even sort of cost of living expenses um, or uh, or even just sort of the environmental idiosyncrasies um, that the members of the family, individual member of the family might have to face um, as and when the family actually is, is um, a family member is operating in a certain jurisdiction. You know, so with that, um, it means that the family office has to have um, sufficient professional knowledge and the easiest way to systematically organize that knowledge and technique technicality 
is with the help of technology, actually, right? So using help of technology, uh, pairing the right um, uh, locale, professionalism with the uh, specific needs of the families they're important. Um, on that base, you know, even things like geopolitical issues that sort of, um, uh, that makes it even more important or uh, even more obvious for the family members to, uh, to, to realize that its values are, you know, or different, different values are manifested, um, you know, from individual perspective. You know, so values in this case, I would say things like um, different members might have different views on which part of the ESG is of important and how that is going to be um, uh, carried out through the activities of the family office. Let's move on to Hong Kong because it, it has it got a very unique position uh, as a hub for family offices in in your view? Absolutely, um, and a lot of which actually has to do with accumulation. So let's start from the very top um, uh, macro environment. You would only have a vibrant family office um, uh, industry if you are. Um, if you're in an environment where you have a lot of potential clients, right? So Hong Kong being one of the largest um, uh, capital markets, you know, deepest capital markets in the world with respect to its IPO numbers, for example, or even with respect to uh, the kind of private equity deals, right? Because a lot of these are the, uh, are the initial event that creates wealth that need to be served, right? So, so this has um, created rich accumulation, of, um, of first of all the client and uh, secondly the professionals that uh, are formed into ecosystem um, in order to serve these profession uh, serve these clients. Um, so Hong Kong definitely has um, uh, much of this um, uh, initial ingredients or characteristics that is able to uh, make it quite integral um, and uh, unique in order to serve these families. So are you seeing the, the, the landscape changing? Are more global family offices looking towards Hong Kong as, as a base? Um, I would have to say to be able to do that systematically is actually quite challenging. Um, Hong Kong compared to maybe some of its other peer um, uh, uh, jurisdictions does not you know, does not organize it in such a way that um, uh, it systematically sort of rounds up, uh, rounds up numbers of global or incoming um, uh, family offices that get set up, you know, in, in, the, in its jurisdiction. Um, but at the, you know, but separately, I would say anecdotally, and the way that I would know about it is say, for example, um, you know, do we have more global families um, or family office professionals that uh, come into our midst? that becomes a part of the membership system uh, within things like Family Office Association Hong Kong. And um, particularly over the two, three years, I would say that we are indeed seeing, first of all, at least just a sheer number increase um, of incoming members, you know, additional setting up of family offices uh, professionally organized, you know, and of which um, uh, some of them indeed are, um, are non-Hong Kong, are, are, are international in nature. Do you think that's as a result of, of the government's efforts here to, to persuade people to, to look at Hong Kong as a hub? To be entirely frank, um, for a family to decide on where to set it up, you know, for family offices, 
um, jurisdiction and the perception about the security and the stability of a jurisdiction is probably the most important thing. Then followed by how people think about, you know, sort of the tax uh, 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 concessions and things like that. Here in Asia, for example, Hong Kong, to be honest, is already seated on one of the top, um, uh, you know, in terms of ideal location with respect to the tax setup already, you know. So, um, so it's always been on par with any potential rivals. Um, then the next thing is obviously, um, you know, the most important thing, which is these um, perceived stability. Um, with these kind of perceived stability, it is actually really hard for a family to be persuaded. It is primarily for um, any incoming families to be revealed, to be um, educated, to be introduced, um, you know, as to what are the elements that are actually in place within a certain jurisdiction that can help them, that also satisfies their need. And I would say that particularly over the last two, two years, um, you know, exactly in the middle of COVID, um, I am seeing the government, um, uh, different, various government bodies become organized um, to be a lot more explicit and to be a lot more, um, uh, to take a lot more initiative, you know, to go out there and introduce um, and, or, or reintroduce Hong Kong, um, uh, you know, to its international counterparts. Um, and that's definitely been helpful. Um, and obviously the reopening of, you know, uh, of, of Hong Kong with respect to social distancing policies um, uh, in, in the recent month, month plus, um, that has caused tremendous effect, I would say, um, in terms of, you know, announcing to the world that, you know, Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kong is back in business. Hong Kong is as conducive as, 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 um, as ever. So this, this I'm happy to see. Thank you so much for your insights. Uh, that is You're a very welcome. That is Angel Chat. She is chair of the Family Office Association of Hong Kong.